Do you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring Restoring Your Your Voice. Alrighty then, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David, where I'm here to restore, prepare, and equip you. Amen? So you're going to be very encouraged today, so I urge you hit that like button, please. All right? The more likes, the more it gets recommended. Comment, 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 chat, chat, chat away. Um, and by the way, if you have any questions or challenges on what I talk about, and please, by all means, put them in the chat. All right, we'll talk about it. Um, but I just got finished doing our weekly Bible-based Q&A session. And, you know, now you're watching this maybe on Facebook. Maybe you're watching it from my website. And and you have Bible-based questions that you want answered. Well, then you have to go to my channel. All right? You have to go to my YouTube channel. All right, David C. McGuire. David C. McGuire. So if you want. And by the way, uh, you may be watching. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're against the Bible. Well, come on in on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central and challenge me. All right? Iron sharpening iron. I don't mind it at all. So there you go. Okay. Um, so, hey, welcome, Richard. So, um, like I said, I believe you're going to be very encouraged today. And that's 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 all I want to do today. Um, why? Why, why, why? Well, you know, oftentimes what we see with our natural eyes it's disheartening. Let's all face it. Let's, can we all be honest with each other? Can we, can we be open? Can I be honest with you? Will you allow me to do that? That, that life can get all of us down at times, right? We, we're, we're, none of us are free from discouragement, right? We, we, we will all experience it, right? Let, let's all face it. I and mean, we go through different difficulties, things like that. And I think we can all admit none of us are super saints, right? We're not perfect. We all get discouraged, right? And maybe that's where you're at today. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you see what's going on in the world, you know, wars. You see Ukraine and Russia. You see the rise in egg prices, right? You know, that's why I'm um, that's why I'm going to write a, you know, drop a will. I'm going to go buy some eggs. I'm going to leave them to my children as an inheritance, okay? Joke. Anyways, um and you may be discouraged, right? Maybe you think that's it. This is the end. We're in the great apostasy. Jesus is coming back any moment. There's nothing left to live for or to do. Well, I want to encourage you if you hold that view. Now, let me also say, um, and by the way, part of encouragement is also correction. Um, they go hand in hand. You, you know, we you see things come out on the news. Maybe I've seen, I kid you not recently, because of uh, the death of Pope Benedict. Now that's kicking off things and you know whatever else or don't you see this don't you see that and the, the negative nellies come out right the negative nancy's you know those who do oh the end is near I, I call them chicken littles right maybe maybe there's a lot of uh chicken little prophets out there right? you know the doom and gloom ones the sky is falling the end is near repent da, 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 da. well even if the end is near right e- even if even if we're you know very close and i'm not saying we are to the return of jesus right um, all I can say about that is that we're one day closer to the return of Jesus than we were yesterday. So there is that. But but the Bible encourages us. Jesus gives us promises. I want, I want to read to you though from Paul. 
Oh, um, in Second Timothy. All right, I, I want to read you um, really quickly from going from first uh, verse six to verse eight. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Right, but it doesn't end there. Hallelujah. Hence, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all, that's you, that's me, who have loved his appearing. So this is a promise for everybody, all right? Paul in his day, pressing on, didn't give up, right? Not, now he is at the end of his life, right? So just if you know that the Bible, the New Testament books are not put in order, by the way. They're not in chronological order. So 2 Timothy comes much later than 1 Timothy. All right, now Paul at the end of his life, but he's encouraging us in this. Right, this, this promise, if we press on, if we refuse to give up, if we refuse to stay discouraged, right? If we fight discouragement, if, if we refuse to fear, what, what, whatever that looks like, then we have a promise, right? We have a precious promise, and the Bible is filled with promises like this. This is not the only one. That, that the Bible would not encourage us and command us to press on if we were unable to. If God did not give us the ability that when things seem darkest. God, God would not tell us if it were impossible for us to do. So we absolutely can. I want to read to you from the book of Revelation. I want to read to you some promises mentioned there. Okay. So the, the, the first one um, is in Revelation 2. Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear, and I hope you have an ear, be willing to listen today. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Wonderful promise. We, if we choose to overcome, if we choose to endure, and by the way, the book of Revelation um, was not written to the church primarily. In other words, the, the church around the world. Right. It was first uh, written, not say we can't you know, read it and take it, apply it. Obviously, we can. But it was primarily first written to churches. Right. Who were about to experience some really heavy persecution. And we're also going through persecution to encourage them. And, and we know that the days uh, are getting darker right now. OK, we can we can admit that. Right. Think things are, you know, um, you know, even here in America. You know, the government is trying to come against Christians, right? Come against the churches, trying to trying to violate freedom of religion, trying to tell us pastors what we can, what we can't preach, who we can and not supposed to marry and, and all of that kind of thing and more. So I think we can we can all admit that. Yet we're commanded to press on. We're, we're commanded. And if we do, we get what? We, the very tree of life. The very, I believe it's the very same tree that was in the Garden of Eden. The very same tree that, that Adam and Eve were able to eat from and be satisfied. We were able to, to eat from that very same tree. But but that's not where it ends. That's not where the promises end. Amen. So uh, it also says here, 
again in Revelation 2, this is verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Right? Because, look, I said it before and I'll say it again. Right? Quit sometimes looks really good. Right? We, we can all admit that for whatever reason. Loss of a loved one. Maybe, maybe your church has gone progressive and woke. I don't know. And sometimes quit looks really good. And I'm not going to lie, you know, the enemy loves to come into those moments in our lives and tries to draw us away from God. Quit. It's not worth it. Does God really love you? Right. Just like he did in the garden with Eve. Right. Where, where he got Eve to question God's very character. And he fell for it. Right. Adam and Eve did not endure. They did not overcome. And of course, we, we re, the very world and every person in it reaps the benefits. But but for us, that, that we can actually choose to give in to quit and we can actually apostatize if we don't. Yeah, we can actually forfeit our salvation. We can actually make that decision. But I'm telling you, it's not worth it. The promises far outweigh whatever temporary circumstances we face you know and paul paul even made that clear right he talks about how many times he was beaten and whipped jailed shipwrecked persecuted by jew and greek alike and then you know he calls these things light and momentary afflictions wow how was paul able to do that Maybe Paul was so much better than us. Maybe that's why he wrote all the majority of the books in the New Testament. Paul was better than us. No. Paul had the very same spirit of God residing in him and upon him um, that every believer has. This, he didn't have a different Holy Spirit. right? He didn't have a, a, a different Jesus. Right? No. He had the exact same power source, the exact same hope that God gives to every single one of us. That's why he was able to call them light and momentary afflictions. What, what, what an amazing word for our time. That, that, that these very temporary, think about it. The, the time we're living in now, no matter um, how long we're living for or how long we've lived for or how long we will live for, right? It, it's just a grain of sand in a vast Saharan Desert, for instance, right? I mean, the Saharan Desert, I don't know how big that thing is. I mean, if every grain of sand was measured, how many grains would that be? I have no clue. I don't even have an estimate. And I'm trying to make that analogy to let you know how very temporary, very short and finite that our lives are in comparison to eternity. Think about the in eternity with Jesus. That means forever and ever and ever without end. Amen. That's what that means. And that's for every single one of us. But we have to choose. We have to choose to endure. We can't just look at the dark and say, well, it's so dark. Maranatha. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want Jesus to come back. My heart cried, Jesus, come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. But not. I don't do it from a place of hopelessness. Well, it's over, Lord. Oh, don't you see this apostatizing here and the persecutions over there, right? Oh, this is happening. Woe is me. I just, I'm going to go suck my thumb and hide under my covers and wait for you to come back and host my own pity party. No, no, no. 
God forbid that would happen. God forbid I would get that attitude. And I'm tempted just like anybody else. I, I'm tempted at times to give up. Quit is, is dangling right in front of me. You know, it, the analogy comes to mind. And I'm not, you know, putting myself anywhere near Navy SEALs, by the way. No, no, no. I was never anything like that. But, you know, uh, in BUDS, right? Uh, basic underwater demolition school, you know, where they go through. You know, it, it's it's hellacious. Literally, they, they go through Hell Week and they have a bell. They have, they have a bell right there, right? And then basically saying, this quit. Quit now. All you have to do is ring the bell and, and all of that suffering can be over, right? All of this hardship that you're going through right now can end, right? But but people get their focus on the bell. They, they focus on the option. Like quit is an option, and that's why they quit. Not because they're physically unable to, by the way. And then you can, uh, you know, look up videos on what Navy SEALs have to say about this, right? And, you know, it's it's mental. It's 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 a thought thing. And that's, I want I want to encourage you. Hey, it's your thoughts, right? So a man thinks, or how a man thinks, so is he? That that's what I'm trying to get across to you right now. Don't focus on the option of quit. It's not worth it. Just like it's not worth it for those who, who went through all of that in buds, right? And it ends with Hell Week, right? So so they quit, but now they're not Navy SEALs. And if they if they if they want to uh, try again, they have to go through all of that again. It's not worth it, right? It wasn't worth it to quit, right? And now they can be they can't be Navy SEAL, right? It wasn't worth it. They went through all of that for nothing, right? Think about maybe your life right now. Things are difficult, right? Maybe is this Christian walk worth it? You know, I, I've lost friends. I've lost family. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe your work is hostile to Christian. Who knows? It's not worth it to quit. It's far more worth it to endure to the end. Because the other option is that you will be hurt by the second death, right? Well, what's the second death? Do you end up in hell? Separated for all eternity from God. That, that's that's the that's the only other option out there. I mean, maybe God will bring you back and draw you to him. Maybe you will be restored. Of course, that would be my hope for anybody who's who's left. But that's not always a possibility, right? We we don't know what our tomorrow holds. We can't say that. We can say, Well, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll make that decision tomorrow. We don't know that. So it's not even worth it in the end, right? Like I said, we're, we're our lives are just a speck of grain in a vast Saharan desert compared to eternity, amen? And and and, and maybe you need to read the Word. Get in the Word. Be encouraged, okay? Be encouraged. Here's another one in Revelation. Revelation uh, chapter 2, verse 17. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written which no one knows except him who receives it. You get to receive that if you endure. You get that hidden man to eat. You get that white stone with a brand new name written on it. Now, exactly what that means, I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. Does it mean a literal new name? Okay, we'll, we'll go there. Possibility. Right? Does it mean a new spiritual identity? I think that's the stronger argument. A new, think about that. You endure to the end. You knew, standing, 
the privilege of, of standing before the king, Jesus, face to face. And he is the one that presents you with this. What an honor. What a privilege. I can't even imagine. I can't. It's mind boggling to think what that's going to be like. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's so far beyond me, but I'm looking forward to it. So maybe like I said, you're flagging. I've been reading scriptures and wow, it's really encouraging you. Well, I'm, 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 I'm already. Wow. I mean, I'm encouraged. I'm, you know, I'm getting anointed all by myself here. No, seriously, you know, so you want to know what you need to do? Get in the word. You say, well, that's too simple. What about all these other things happening in my life? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not what the Bible says to focus on. What does the Bible say to focus on? Well, Matthew 6, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Maybe today you've been seeking the other stuff first. Maybe you've been uh, seeking a better job. And Lord knows probably many people need it in this economy. Maybe, maybe it's family. I, I want to have a right relationship with my family. I want to, I don't want to be estranged. I don't know, maybe it's a health problem. I don't know what it may be in your life. I, I don't know. But that's not what you seek first. If you start seeking that stuff first, and believe me, my life is not sunshine and roses at all. Okay, it's not even easy right now. Easy to easy. And I have my own difficulties I'm going through right now as I'm talking to you. But I still, I'm still encouraged, right? Not because I'm better. Right? I, I have the very same Bible you have. I have the very same access to God that you have. Right? So we're, we're all on level playing field here. So I'm not, not trying to boast or anything. But you know one thing? Every time I see a Christian that's really, really discouraged. I mean, I mean not just like life is going tough, but they're really discouraged. Right? And I ask the same question. And for years now, I've asked the same question. I've always gotten the same answer. What is your prayer life like? What is your Bible study life like? And the same answer across the board for years now. Every single time I ask that question to, to, a, to a Christian who's really, really is down, like almost out, the answer is that they don't have one. They don't have a prayer life. They don't have a Bible study life. So what does the simple solution look like? Prayer life daily, Bible daily, right? Jesus himself put emphasis on the scriptures. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Where do we get that from? Scripture. And where else do we get that from? God himself, right? Because God is wants to speak to you, right? I said again, that, that ever since my conversion, right? Ever since I told Jesus, hey, I'm done listening to the world. I only want to listen to you. He hasn't stopped speaking to me. And I mean, in a very real way, by the way. I can actually, but that's not just for me alone. Right? It's for you too, right? The promise that was, <clears throat> that um, happened at Pentecost, right? That where the Holy Spirit is, is being poured out of man, upon mankind, well, what, what does things like that say, right? Your old man, you know, about dreaming dreams and seeing visions. And well, what is that part of? That's part of God speaking to us today, right? Now, I did a, a brief, uh, well, I think, what? no, what did I talk about? 
yesterday. I can't remember anymore. Anyway, I talked about, uh, oh yeah, the, yesterday I talked about how the gifts of the spirit are essential. Right? That's, that's what I talked about. Right? So, so maybe, it's no wonder, maybe you're a cessationist and you don't have hope. Maybe you're just judging through life. Waiting for Jesus to come back. Well, that's no way to live. Yeah, God wants, God wants to speak to every person today. Why would I say that? Because of the sufficiency of Scripture. Because Scripture tells me so. Prayer is not about just us talking to God. It's not just about praising God. It's not just about worshiping God. Those are all part of it. It's also about God talking to us. It's all about having a conversation with God. Right? Jesus himself on this earth said things like, I don't speak, I don't say anything unless... I hear it first from my Father in Heaven. Well, how would he hear from his Father in Heaven? In prayer time. And Jesus constantly prays, so why don't we pray? Maybe you're down and out today. I encourage you. Please, start a healthy habit of a prayer life. A daily prayer life. Now, I'm not saying when you have to pray, please. I'm not getting legalistic about it. I mean, you may be working night shifts. So if I say, hey, you should start off your day with prayer. You're like, well, but I work night shift and that's when I go to sleep. Okay. Well, we, you know, I think common sense says then whenever you get up, right, whether it's afternoon or nighttime, whenever, then that's when, you know, <clears throat> the best time to pray is. And I fully believe that, by the way. Maybe, maybe, maybe you are praying. Well, then add, add to it. <clears throat> maybe you don't have a whole lot of time in the morning. Excuse me. Maybe you don't have a lot of time in the morning. That's okay. Then, then, and then add to it at nighttime when the kids are in bed. I don't know. I'm just saying, you want a healthy spiritual life, then you need a healthy prayer life. You want a healthy spiritual life, then then get into the presence of God. Don't don't back away from it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the discouragement. It's it's not worth the the darkness and the depression. Get in the Bible, get in what the uh, study of God, uh, study the word of God. And I'm not just saying read it. In other words, read a verse. But I'm saying when we study the word of God, we don't just read it. Like, in other words, we don't like, okay, da, 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 da. okay, uh, that's a difficult passage. I'll come back to that another time. No, we actually study with the intention of understanding it. You know, I'll give you an example from my own life right now, personally, right now. Okay, right now I'm studying the book of Proverbs, all right? That's what I'm doing daily in my Bible studies. I'm, I'm going through Proverbs, right? And if you've ever read Proverbs, then you know that there are Proverbs that sometimes leave our head scratching. It's kind of like, well, what does that have to do with that, right? I think, can we all agree on that? Can I? It's okay for me to be honest like that, right? I don't have perfect understanding. But I'm not skipping over those passages, right? I'm like, I'm not, wait a minute. I'm not sure what that means. Hmm. I want I want to sit on it. I want I want to chew on it. I want to I want to meditate on it. Maybe if I have to I have to look up in the commentary somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I have to go on Blue Letter Bible, right? It's a free resource by the way. All right, we we study it. We we don't study it by the way in case you're listening out there and you're maybe you're you're a pastor too or something and you're in full ministry full-time ministry and you, we know we, we don't just get into the habit of studying the word of God for sermon preparation. Right? We we study the word of God because it's the word of God. And, and let me put it to you this way. Um it's a relationship. I say, well, brother, once I'm saved, I have a relationship with, with God. I no doubt. 
but you don't have that intimate relationship, right? So different than marriage, right? Now imagine if if I married my wife, right, and that was it. Once once we once we were married, we never communicated again, right? I never got to know her. She never got to know me. I never got to know what she really likes, what she what she doesn't like, her favorite foods, favorite music, whatever, right? I never got to know her. Guaranteed, my marriage probably wouldn't last right and and for the time that it did last i guarantee it would not be good well it's no different than us when we oh well i'm saving that's it no that's not it well no wonder you know you may be down and out because you haven't formed a an intimate relationship you haven't gotten to know god you haven't become a theologian i thought that was I, i thought that was for people who went to seminary no the word theology is a simple word that applies to every believer. Basically, we're studying God, the study of God, right? Theology, theos from the Greek for God, right? So we're getting to know God. What does he really like? What doesn't he like? What does he want for for for, for my life personally? Where does he want me to go? How does he want me to minister? Right? What does he want me to change in my life? Never mind every Christian out there, right? Maybe there's something in my life that's a trap. Maybe there's something in my life that, that's that's tripping me up. I don't know. It's happened in my life. I can speak definitely that God has done that with me. Hey, I need you to stop reading those books. Throw them away. Okay. Stop playing Xbox. Okay. Just threw away, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars, probably over a thousand dollars worth of stuff. But 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 it was it was God told me and and it and it was and it was keeping me from uh walking with God in such a deeper and meaningful way. Yeah, far yeah, somebody says, Yeah, there's so much more. Absolutely. Salvation, I've said it before, salvation is is not running the race. Salvation is just getting into uh, uh <clears throat> into the running blocks, you know. You know, you see even people race, they, they get into those those blocks and run to get ready to run at the start line. That's all that salvation is. Yeah, you haven't gotten into the to the race yet. You just got to the starting line. And we can be encouraged that God has much more for us, that he does have his power for each and every single one of us. That he that he they can give us vision, because that's what we need. You want to be encouraged, it's called vision. Right? I'm not talking about something supernatural. Well, it could be. I'm talking about a long-term goal. Right? Eye on the prize. I don't care how far away it is. I don't care how far away it seems that it is. And I'm going to use that word, how far away it seems, because I'll give you, I'll give you a real-world example. I'm a practical guy. Um, we'll say, okay, when I was in the Army, right, I spent 20 years there, right? My, my first job for the longest time was uh, calling in artillery and adjusting it and planning for it, right? And part of that was like using binoculars, right? We didn't have quite all the technology they have today, but primarily binoculars, and we had to judge how far away a target was. Now, if, if, if we had elevation, like if I was on a hill or there were hills out there, it's, it's easier to judge distance. But, but if you've ever lived in a, in a place, we'll say like Kansas, it's primarily flat. Right or where I'm at in Corpus Christi, Texas, right? It's harder to judge distance. It's the same, you know. The distance itself hasn't changed. It just becomes harder 
to judge the distance, right? And that's, that's the way sometimes with our life, right? I'll never achieve that, right? We we read about, you know, great men of God from history or great women of God from history, right? Ah, oh, man, I don't know if I'll ever get there. I don't, don't you know my sins? Don't you know my mistakes? Okay. And what are they to God? What, what, are, your, what are your mistakes to God? What, what are your sins to God? That's too powerful for the blood of Jesus? You think the name of Jesus isn't above all that? Then God can't continue to perfect you just like he's perfecting me and just like where he's brought me to and bringing me to. So don't say, oh, it's too far. Or I'll never don't do that. You know, we are often our own worst enemies when it comes to quitting. You know, when, when, when quit looks good, let's be honest. It's oftentimes because we do it to ourselves. We, we do it to ourselves, right? We do. Let's be honest. Oh man, it's just, I don't know, or I can't, or it's too difficult, right? If you have kids, you probably experienced this, right? Maybe they're learning how to ride a bike and they fall. I'll never do that. I'll never be able to. I mean, my five-year-old right now is trying to whistle, right? He's trying to learn how to whistle, right? If I, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. You know, I'm, I'll never. Well, is that true? No, it's not true. But we, we do that to ourselves, too. I'll never be a pastor. I'll never go into full-time ministry. I'm just not. And I don't know, I can't afford to go to Bible college. Nothing in the Bible says you need to go to Bible college. Nothing bad, but don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself down. Let's not do that. It's not worth it. God has much more for you. He worked, think about it. That's why I love, you know, that's one other reason. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Bible, period, because it's the word of God. But I love the honesty in the Bible, right? You know, all throughout the Bible, right? You, you name a person, right? God used them mightily in their imperfections. In their imperfections. It, name a person. We'll, Noah. We'll, we'll pluck Noah, right? He was the only righteous one on the earth. God told him to build the ark. He built the ark, right? Went through the flood. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he plants a vineyard, and then he gets drunk. Right? Job doubted. God had to rebuke Job. Right? And Job is still called righteous. Hmm. Jacob. Right? The, the nation of Israel is named after him. I mean, the, the guy was promised the, the blessing, yet he still he was still de he still uh, was devious about it. But God still used them mightily. Right? Name a person. Josh or, or, or uh, yo, I don't say Joshua, but uh Joseph. That's what that's what I was trying to get to. Joseph, right? Big mouth. Prideful. Look at me. I had this dream and I'm gonna rule over you. Not the best of ideas, Joe. God used them mightily, right? Somebody says, Yeah, Samson, right. Somebody in the chat says Samson. Absolutely right. That now that guy was a knucklehead. If I ever saw one, right? Man, the guy would not learn. God still moved him, used him. Gideon, he didn't end well. God still used him mightily. Flip over to the New Testament. Peter always, you know, always putting his foot in his mouth, right? Used him mightily, right? He, he wrote two letters that became part of the Bible. Paul wasn't perfect. I love it because it shows God working 
in imperfect humanity and, and accomplishing his will through, through us. That's why I love it. There, there, there's no hiding in the Bible, right? There's no like, oh, you know, write about so-and-so was the greatest man to ever live, blah, blah, blah. They, even Elijah, or not Elijah, sorry, um, sorry, Enoch, right? Not much is mentioned about him. We, we don't know. There's no bragging on it. Enoch walked with God, and then he wasn't. What? No bragging there, right? All the dirt is out there. Everything is out there, which is what makes the Bible true compared to any other holy book, by the way. I love it. It's encouraging. So, so when I mess up, and I do, right? When I mess up, oh, man, I messed up. But it doesn't mean it's all over, right? It means I, I repent, come to God. He corrects me and rebukes me if need be, right? And we move on from it. And God still continues to uh, use me just like he uses you. I told you I'm no better. We're all on level, level playing field here, okay? Right? There's no special pecking order, right? We're all Christians. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. So what he does for me, how he works through me, you know, maybe look different, but the thing is he's still working through me just like he can work through you. All you got to do is make the choice to endure. All right. And by the way, not just eternal fruits that we reap, but we can reap fruits here and now. Right. We, if, if you're, if you're, if you have a family, right. What are the, some of the fruits? Well, your kids will come to Christ. They will choose to serve Christ. Amen. Who, who knows where you're at? You know, you may be part of revival. Like somebody asked me to revive on the Q and a session. Right. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been pressing in. Here's a cool story. True story, by the way. So I started praying for revival. The Lord led me to pray for revival. My wife come to find out later. And we talked about what we're, you know, personal prayer time and revival and all that. Well, it turns out in her personal prayer time, she was praying for revival. We didn't know it. We didn't know what we were praying in our personal prayer times. But it turns out God led us both to pray for a revival. Well, why would God do that? You're like, well, well, maybe it's it's just chance. No. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Why? Because God wants revival. And believe me, what God wants, he's going to get. Hmm? If he wants revival on the city, he's going to get it. If he wants revival on the church, he's going to get it. Let's, 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 let's narrow it down. If he wants revival in your life, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. But we can't give up because where does revival start? It doesn't start out there, right? It starts in our hearts. It starts in each and every single one of us. So if we want to see something happen, then we, we need revival in us first. And it can happen. So part of that is, yes, stop being a quitter. Okay? Stop choosing to quit. It's, like, it's not that easy. Yes, it is. Because the power of God is that magnificent. You know, uh, what, what is the, uh, the the verse of the day on you version? Let me, let me see real quick. Let me just double check. Ah, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So don't, don't tell me, well, and start listing off all the negatives that are happening. I know that they're happening, okay? I'm not hiding my head in the sand. I'm not trying to ignore things, right? I know that. But I know my God who is above all else, right? 
I know the God that I serve, the one true God who is above all else, the very creator, right? I serve Jesus whose name is above every other name, right? To which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you on that. All right. And whatever it is that you're going through, and I'm not promising stuff like word of faith. Well, if I say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is going to happen. No, 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 no. It goes deeper than that. The name of Jesus is above whatever sickness or disease. And I'm not promising healing, by the way. I'm not giving you some special secret or mystery into healing. But man, God, Jesus will give you the strength to endure. He may not heal you, which I don't have all the answers to that, right? He's healed me, but he hasn't fully healed me. I don't have the answers for that. But he is the name that is above every other name. So even in the midst, I don't know, health problems, back problems, neck problems. Well, Jesus, the joy of the Lord. Jesus, the Lord, right? His joy is your strength. And Jesus promised in this world we're going to have tribulation. We're not trouble-free. There's no such thing. Or if you think otherwise, it's a lie. It's a false belief. But he said to be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. You want, you want to see Jesus overcome, overcoming things in your city? Man, press in. Jesus, I know you are the Lord. Jesus, I'm pressing in. I'm not giving up. I'll do whatever it takes even if I'm never known. Even if my name is never known, even if it's completely because I'm I'm always in prayer about this. Guess what? God is faithful to that. Don't don't think, well, oh, you just pray. There's no such thing as just praying. Prayer is powerful. That's what initiates revival. That's what initiates the repentance in the city. That, that's what initiates change. That, that, that's what does it. It starts in the prayer closet. That's where it starts. It starts with you and me crying out before God. I didn't know what happened. Amen? Believe me, I've been fighting for it. All right, in my own city. And I'm not going to try to tear down the city, but it's it's hard. I, I can't. We got here just over a year ago to Corpus Christi. And immediately I said, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong in the city. It's asleep. Right, and then and then I then I learned about the soil here. Right, it's this hard clay soil. It's very difficult to dig it. I mean, so difficult that some of my neighbors just gave up trying to put plants in the ground. They just put plants in pots out front. Right, and I was like, wait a minute here. You know, I'm not one to try to super spiritualize things, but the city is asleep. It's hard digging. It's hard work. I knew that. God, God showed that to me. But I'm not giving up. Why? Because I'm so awesome. Because maybe God has a special calling in my life. No. And we all have the same Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit that's in me is in you, right? The Holy Spirit that's upon me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is upon you. So we don't give up. We press in. We, we don't say, well, because it hasn't happened yet or because things are getting darker that, that we get an excuse to give up. No, God forbid. God forbid we live that way. We press on toward the mark. We press on toward the goal. I want to encourage you. It's going to come. Amen? 
Here's another promise in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, um, 26 through 28. And he overcomes and keeps my works until the end. Clutch that works, right? To him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like potters, like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father, I will give him the morning star. That's you. Don't don't think that 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 we can't be a part of overcoming, breaking the powers of darkness wherever we live at, awaking those who are asleep, reviving those who have left their first love. They may be working for Christ, right? Church planting, discipling, kids programs, Awana. I don't know. But yet they left their first love. You know, Jesus did that. He rebuked the church for that. They were doing all these great and wonderful works. And Jesus didn't disparage the works themselves. He rebuked them for leaving their first love. That's the love of God. Amen. Right? What does the scripture say about the love of God? Right? It, it, it controls us. It, it compels us. That's what the love of God does to a person. We don't give up. Hey, if God says, put your hand to the plow, it's difficult as all get up, right? Plowing, but we're not looking back. We're, and, and it gets difficult and the plow gets stuck and, you know, whatever happens, but we don't give up because the love of God compels us to keep pushing forward toward the mark. I don't believe it's so dark that now it's impossible for any good to happen. I don't believe that it's so dark that that revival cannot happen. I, I refuse to have that negative vision. I refuse to be a negative Nancy or a negative Nelly. All right? Well, my friend Nikki's watching negative Nikki. Anyway, I refuse to go down that road. It's not worth it. I want to see revival. It's possible. A move of God is always possible. Always no matter how long it takes, look how long it took for the Reformation to happen. Centuries, but it happened because there were true stalwart people of God who refused to give up. Yes, I do believe the Reformation is, is a revival or was a revival. I fully hold to that. I fully believe that. But it took time. It took people who weren't willing, who, who were willing not to give up. Yeah, more than, by the way, Luther wasn't the only one, just FYI. People like Jan Hus, go look these people up. Jan Hus. Others before him. Tyndale. So many cook didn't give up. It didn't rest on one man. Revival doesn't rest on one man alone. That's not the way God works. It, it, it rests on all of us. Working, not giving up. You know, people laud Charles Finney, and rightly so. But, you know, there was a person who would go before him every city, right? And that is, uh, let me get this name right. William Nash, I believe is his name. Anyway, he would go before Charles Finney. He would find a building in a city, a basement, and he would pray and pray and pray and pray in that city before Charles Finney showed up. So don't tell me that, that you can do nothing or so dark that we can do nothing. We can pray. 
We can come before God. We can press in no matter what it takes. And God will be faithful to answer. We may not see the full fruits in our lives. Who knows? I pray that we will. But what if we don't? Let me, let me, let me, let's think about that for a second. What if we don't? What then? Do we just give up? Well, it's just not going to happen. I'm just not seeing it. No. Did Stephen give up? Young man, martyred. He didn't, he, he, he wasn't, you know, about to get stoned to death or getting stoned to death and cried, oh, that's it, that's, it's too hard. No. He prayed. Wow. So I, I, anyway, I, I really hope that encouraged you today. That's why I, I just want to come on. I wanted to encourage you to keep pressing on and not give up. That's just what I wanted to do. And I, and I pray that it is. Don't forget to hit that like button, all right? Share this, please. Whatever social media platforms you have or Messenger or on WhatsApp, go ahead, share it far and wide. Please get this out. I want to encourage people. That's all I want to do. I don't care about no, any claims to fame, please. Just, just that alone. So anyway, um, thank you all for watching. Appreciate it. It's always an honor and and privilege to be able to do this for you, okay, whoever you are wherever you are, right? It's my honor and privilege to do this for you. That's why that's why I do this, okay? So anyway, be blessed, everybody. And that's it. We'll, we're out for today. Heaven, it's a one-way, one truth, one life. That's why we're not ashamed of the name of Jesus. And we don't care.